What's going on, people, wherever you are? And however you may be listening, whether it is on your cell phone, your iPad, your tablet, your computer, any type of device, you're rocking and rolling right now on the number one show, the hottest platform in the streets, talking your crimson tide in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Welcome in, welcome in. We're bringing you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. Streaming this to you on YouTube and speaking of the channel, go ahead right now. Stop what you're doing. Hit that subscribe button. Hit subscribe right now. Get your family, friends, diehard Bama fans, casual Bama fans, college football fans, all to subscribe to the channel because if you love the content, they will as well. Also, don't forget, hit that thumbs up, hit that like button. Let's get these likes up here, making this your show, your network platform channel, and space to talk Bama. Turn all of those post notifications on, hit that little bell so that way you miss nothing. I'm talking about you don't miss a crumb of the hot information on your Crimson Tide. We also got you covered here on Facebook and Twitter as well, streaming to you the show. And today being a special day, it's still on my mind. 11 years ago, in on April 27th of 2011, we're a vicious EF5 tornado ripped through the state and uh, did a lot of damage in the Tuscaloosa and Birmingham area. Uh, Tuscaloosa went through a lot of heartache, went through a, a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil. People lost lives, businesses, everything. And just how in 11 years this city has, with well, the city of Tuscaloosa and surrounding areas, has come all the way back to life. And it looks like that storm never happened, but it's a reminder of how good it is to work together, to bond together, and how the good Lord and divine intervention tends to bring everything back and restore everything back the way that it needs to be. So just often reflecting on what happened on this very day 11 years ago. But T-Town never down, that being the slogan that you as the fans have kept in mind and the Alabama Crimson Tide program. We're looking at, what, five national championships, four or five national championships since that vicious storm hit. So it's it's been good seeing the rise of Tuscaloosa since that moment. But got a lot to talk about today, a lot to discuss, and we want you, the Bama fans, being a part of the conversation on the eve of the NFL Draft. 205-448-1358. Number to call in to let your voice be heard. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you. Uh, the Daily Super Chat Go, $75. Daily Super Chat Go. Appreciating the level of support from all of you, the Bama Nation. Also, got to shout out my man, John Ivory, in the production studio doing his thing. But we start things off, John, with I'm not going to say that this is massive pressure or huge pressure or unbelievable pressure on this particular Alabama defense for the upcoming season. However, I will say there is pressure on uh, this group, especially when you discuss, you know, this is an Alabama team defensively last season that from start to finish didn't play the way it wanted to 
didn't have the dominance and the consistency that fans wanted it to have from start to finish. Uh, this group did not like how the season ended, it not winning a national championship, it losing to Georgia. This is why so many veteran players decided to come back and not pursue the drafts, uh, signing unfinished business, but wanting to show the world that 2021, that's not who we are. That's not what we are, especially when you discuss the standard and the level of excellence that players and teams before that group have laid down. And uh, in discussing guys like Jordan Battle that could have went pro, he came back. DeMarco Hellams could have went pro, came back. Henry To'o To'o could have went pro, came back. Uh, Byron Young could have went pro, came back. DJ Dale could have went pro, came back. All came back for one reason, and that is to get this team to a national championship and win and go out on their own terms, create their own narrative the right way. And while we are not fond of comparisons as people, we, we can't stand them. We look and we go, uh, don't compare people, let him be his own. She needs to be her own. You know, he's unique. She's unique. That coach is unique. That team is unique. Don't compare them. That's not right to do. And I understand that. But subconsciously, as people, we compare. And I speak to several of you as Alabama fans, whether it's in person or on social media. And one of the first questions that gets directed to me, whether it's a new recruit that comes in as a freshman or a transfer player that joins the program, it's, Stephen, who does this player, who is a former Alabama player that this guy, this person reminds you of? Or, you know, does this guy have traits? Does he have features or characteristics that resemble a former Crimson Tide player? Does this Alabama team, Stephen, resemble a team uh, from years past when you look at this Alabama football program? I'm always hit with those questions of comparison because we just subconsciously do it. We can't help ourselves. We're human. It happens. Even though we can't freaking stand it, it happens so uh, when you look at the defense here as good as the 2009 Bama defense was it was great as good as the 2011 group was and they led the nation in all five major defensive categories as good as 2012 was and 2015 was and 2017 was people hold uh, everybody else to the standard of the 2016 defense the 2016 defense is the one that everybody just constantly talks about, whether it was the personalities on that team, the players on that team, the production on the team, the coaching of that team, how those guys took the coaching. Whatever the case may be, when people look at that 2016 Alabama defense, they go, that's what I love, that's what I want, that's Bama, that's what I crave. Is there anything – that can resemble or compare to that particular group right there on the field. And uh, a couple of days ago, John, uh, there on social media was this, this Twitter user who happens to be an Alabama fan. He posted this video on Twitter. And in the video, he says, I miss the 2016 Alabama defense with kind of a sad face emoji. 
And uh, right when he tweets that out there, uh, Jamil Burrows, current Alabama defensive lineman who had a really good spring game, he quote tweets the video with, don't worry, we back in action. In referring to the 2022 defense, he goes, don't worry, we're back in action. And with Burrows quote tweeting the statement, to me, it feels like the 2022 defense, they know the pressure that's upon them. They know the standard. They know the expectation. But they want that pressure. They're embracing that pressure. They want all eyes on them. They are wanting this expectation. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how do they go about handling that. How do they go about living up to that bar that the 2016 group set so high. And uh, Will Anderson, going back to spring football, he said after the A-Day game, you remember the pressure and the sacks and the production and the creatures that were on that 2016 defense? Well, you can expect the same thing from us. Will Anderson is saying this, so he understands the pressure. He understands the expectation. He understands exactly what's going on, and he is embracing it, just like everybody else on this team is embracing it. And when you go back and you look at that 2016 team for just a moment here, those guys gave up, what, 10 points per game, if I'm quoting that stat correctly, but that was an Alabama defense that's averaged two touchdowns a game. They scored 14 points per game. I mean, that was a defense that really, truly traveled, and it didn't matter if it was a pick six, if it was a fumble return, if it was a strip sack for a score, any game that defense was going to put up two touchdowns. Any game that defense was going to put up 14 points because that was the nasty, the dominance, the excellence, the hunger, the passion that that group had from the defensive line to the linebackers to the secondary and uh, this group coming up here in the upcoming fall they have the pieces they have the talent they have the wherewithal they have the capability to maximize those traits and be what that 2016 defense was probably even higher than what the 2016 defense was the question is can they meet that level they know what the expectation is they're cool with the pressure They're okay with the pressure, but can they meet that level? And to me, it all kind of comes down to Pete Golding. The defensive coordinator for the 2016 team was Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt knew what he had. He knew how to coach him. He didn't bog him down with information. I remember having a conversation with Ruben Foster a while back, and Big Rube said, look, bruh, Pruitt gave us three or four plays. We had three or four plays. We 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 had a pressure package. We had a blitz package. We had a regular run, stop, and play. We had a coverage play. We had three or four plays. But we ran those suckers to absolute perfection. We probably had variations off those three or four plays, but we ran those plays down to where nobody could stop us. Nobody could score on us. Nobody knew what the world was going on because we ran that defense to absolute perfection the way that Coach Pruitt called it out there on the field. And when you look at Pete Golding, what do people ask? Can he be 
what a Pruitt was? Can he be what a Kirby Smart was? Does he have some traits that resemble those two coaches? And he has improved year by year. He has. But now, this season, a lot's going to be on Coach Golding getting those guys in the right calls, in the right sets, in the right formations, having the right personnel packages on the field when they need to be out there and having those being executed to perfection. Because if this defense can execute it to perfection, then we will see the 2016 defense out there because that's exactly what they did. They executed things to the utmost perfection the way it was called out from Jeremy Pruitt. So can Pete Golding have that same type of effect we're going to see this here in the upcoming campaign. But for U.S. fans, it's been a question all offseason since the end of the 2021 campaign. And we saw the, the plethora of names that decided to, to forego the draft and come back for another year in Tuscaloosa. It's been, can this group be like the 2016 group? Can this group be that dominant, be that elite? Be that exceptional. Play with that type of hunger. And we're going to get to see this firsthand from uh, summer workouts to fall camp throughout the season from start to finish. Start to finish. My hope is that and my belief is that they can. If these guys stay healthy and Pete Golding gets the right packages out there on the field. But we can go to a break right here, folks. Don't touch that dial. Just getting started. When we return, we go to the phone lines. We grab your calls. We take your questions. We take your conversations. What do you want to bring to the table? We talk to you, the Bamination, after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama Team Paper, which is a video yearbook they put out for sale direct to fans. Now, for the first time, small dollar purchases from the fans can support the players as a group as well as a great cause because $1 of every subscription payment is donated to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Be a five-star fan base and support your team and a great cause with Team Paper. Check it out at teampaper.com Alabama. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. All right, people, we're back in popping on a Wednesday. Hump day, folks, in my own words. George truly Stephen Smith. Touchdown, Alabama Magazine. Appreciate you guys checking us out on the eve of the NFL Draft. Continue to hit that like button. Hit that thumbs up. Get these likes up. Also, hit subscribe. Make this your show, your network platform, channel, and space to talk Bama. Guys, shout out my man Jamie Wilhelm with that 499 in the Super Chats. Appreciate the love there from Jamie. And he also had a question there, uh, his thoughts on can Tyler Harrell 
be what Jamison Williams was. I know our own Patrick Dow, breaking news reporter for TDA, has his show now, his, his show, his podcast, Pat Reacts, on the YouTube channel. Definitely check that out. Pat is going to do an incredible job with this new show. And going back to what I mentioned, as much as you don't like to make those comparisons, and it is unfair to compare Harrow to Williams, but I will say the similar traits are the speed. I mean, both guys have blazing speed, and the similar traits are when both guys came from, when, when, when Jameson Williams came from Ohio State, he didn't have just a whole lot of production. That's due to the guys ahead of him, but he came to Alabama and popped off. Tyler Harrell actually had more production at Louisville and looks to pop off here at Alabama. So, there are some, a couple of similarities between Harrell and Williams, but we'll see how Harrell does in the SEC for the Crimson Tide. We're going to go to the phone lines to grab your calls. The call segment is brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. The number to call in, 205-448-1358. We grab a call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are you feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Oh, it's hump day, hump day. Don't let it slip away. Get down on Emily's pound cake. Who get you one today? I tell you what, I hope everybody's doing great tonight. And, uh, you know, I always try to come on here and do the lighter side of life, you know, and try to make a funny, make somebody laugh, you know, get their mind off the troubles. We want to remember April the 27th, 2011. There's a few of us in this chat can remember. April the 3rd, 1974, with all the destruction we had in this country. And, you know, I, it was two generational tornado outbreaks uh, I saw in my life, and it's very rare. And we don't, we didn't want to see those, but we, we you know, you don't have a choice when it happens, it happens. But, uh, you know, there's somebody in this chat, uh, somebody in the, uh, you know, in, even in our Blue Ridge gang or in the chat or anybody here that knows somebody, you know, it was, it was devastated by this. So, you know, we had 252 people gone, 29 confirmed tornadoes, 62 across the state, and we lost six University of Alabama students that day. So, but, you know, I retired after 2012. I told them, you know, if Alabama wins back-to-back 11 and 12, I retire. So I did after that. So, but anyway, you know, it, it put a smile on everybody's face, and they saw the team say, we're going to win this championship for the, you know, Tuscaloosa, Stephen, and in, this, in the state of Alabama. All that devastation, you know, that uh, that put a that put smiles on a lot of people's faces. It did, Wagon. It, it really did. And uh, the 2011 championship really put a smile on a lot of faces, and that started the rebuilding of Tuscaloosa. And then the 2012 championship, going back to back, that added on to that. And just looking at T Town now. You just wouldn't think that 11 years ago, all of that destruction, all of that damage, all of that chaos, because you're seeing the thriving city, but like you mentioned, Wayne, and that did happen. And at that time, I had recently you know, graduated high school, so I remember the devastation. I drove through a lot of that devastation, seeing it with my own two eyes prior to starting my career as a student at UA. So that was, that was tough at that time. Oh, exactly. It sure was. Like I said, we hadn't saw an outbreak like that since 1974. I saw it in 74. I was 11-year-old kid. When it takes a pine needle and sticks in a tree, you got fours. Man, I saw pine needles sticking in trees when I was a little bitty kid. You can believe that or not, but it happened. That's just the way it was. But everybody, y'all be safe. 
Y'all looking good. Blue Wrench Gang, y'all keep it channel number one channel on YouTube. Y'all know how to do it. Keep the wheels clicking. Keep it rolling. Everybody's looking good. We'll be back on Friday, good Lord willing. We'll see everybody later on. Bye-bye, everyone. Appreciate Wagon here getting us started on a Wednesday. The president of the TDA in my own words fan club are right there. We grabbed this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are you feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Yo, Steven, it's your boy. Oh, he's What's back. Good, he's brother? back in here. <laughs> What's good, man? I'm good, man. I mean, Senator, I mean, Coach, just, just kind of reminiscing on what happened 11 years ago in T-Town and how horrifying that was by the football team and just the fighting spirit of the people of Tuscaloosa. You look at T-Town now, it, it doesn't even look like it went through all that pain 11 years ago. Man, let me tell you, Stephen, that's when you know about um, – when you, when you know about, um, you know, continuity and, and togetherness, when you have real human nature taking place, man, where people care about each other, that's where our natural um, instinct is to care for one another. We're taught to hate. So when things like that happen to remind you what's more important, um, one thing that's more important in the football is that person that's standing to your left or right, their livelihood, you know, how they live, you know, what they're living for and, and for the state to come together like that. And people always say just the state, but um, a lot of the country in the Southeast got behind us. I don't know if y'all remember, but Mobile, Alabama was one of the main places where people went, had to move to after Hurricane Katrina. And um, I know after uh, the tornadoes in Tuscaloosa, a lot of my family that lives in that northern Alabama, that middle northern Alabama area, they got, you know, relocated for a while in the out-of-state places, you know, that surround Alabama. And, and, you know, it was just a whole effort as a people, you know, and it's good to see that time. And um, I think that's why people love football so much, Stephen, because uh, every Saturday you get that same type of feeling of togetherness. Even though you root for this team and I root for this team, we're rooting for our team together, you know, um, and that's big. But yeah, man, I've been I've been in the chat, y'all. Uh, I've been going back looking at these comments, Stephen. Uh, what's going on with the fan base? I mean, like, ah, I don't want to get too too much into the fan base. I want to get my opinion on some things. Uh, just one one or two things um, that I've been missing out on, and one of the main things was from the spring game. I keep seeing fans talking about the offensive line and. Uh, we ain't gonna be able to do that. I seen Waylon going in at, in different spots. We ain't gonna be able to do this. I seen uh, I I heard Tobias he, who kind of you know coincides with my viewpoint. It's the spring game, you know. I I just don't know why Bama fans this off season with all the promise that we have showing. Um, I can't I can't say I know why they're they're scared or whatever. Maybe because of how we lost the national championship, which in my in my opinion was a great way to lose um you missing you what four of your top key people on offense three was it two was it three or four i can't remember but we was missing a lot of people um well four jason mccullough and roy that Woods. i mean we have we have been missing guys all year and put together a crazy patched up season and we're still able to get to the natty i think i think um people are just so media driven man it it bothers me that we don't look at the film or we don't watch the games like we should and um like i, I go back and i look at that spree game i look at defensive linemen winning one-on-ones against good offensive linemen um i see 
uh, cornerbacks and safeties communicating, communicating, passing off coverage. It was one. It was one play we had um, zero coverage across the across the back end. Five DB zero coverage. We sent uh, outside. I mean the inside linebacker on a delayed twist blitz um, in the middle. It was later in the in the scrimmage. But I remember uh, the safety in the corner had to pass off a, a corner route from the slot. The safety and the and the, and the uh, star guy had to pass off a corner route coming from the slot. And um, the the star the uh, branch dropped down and covered the the flat. And they actually got to stop. That first team B got to stop off of Bryce Young because he was looking for that quick uh, release across, coming across where that that nickel should have been pulled with the the uh, slot guy into the corner. So. You can see guys are learning on the defensive side, and the experience is very prevalent. Um, so I don't, I don't know why we get this idea that the offense is supposed to dominate in these scrimmages. Y'all do understand that the offense only running like sixteen to twenty-four base plays of what they're going to do once summer camp starts. You set a foundation for what you want the team already have their minds geared towards when they come back from from their little summer break, and honestly. It was only, made, like I said, maybe 18 plays called, different plays called in different formations, you know, uh, that, that really look different from, from, from any other thing we've seen. Everything else we've seen, we've been seeing it. So there is a process being applied, and I think people just need to chill out and, and observe it. Um, now, with the transfer portal, Stephen, I love it. Uh, but my thing is, how much young talent will we chase away bringing in guys from the transfer portal? And we know this generation is very heavily influenced by social media. So when they see uh, the best uh, Alabama um, football news outlets, college football news outlet, outlet post something about a transfer, how reliable that transfer is, where he's coming from, what he's about, it may very well be true. It ain't, you know, clickbait. But what does this recruit say when he sees that? These recruits aren't built like when I was coming out of high school where um, guys want to go places and actually compete. A lot of these recruits are looking to only stay in college for two to three years. They're trying to get out and make the big bucks. Now that you can make money in college, they really want to go ahead and make a little bit of something while they're in. So they'll go to uh, Auburn. They'll go to Florida. They'll go to these other schools where they might be on the downfall, but they're still in the national spotlight because of that name. And they'll go and capitalize off of that. They'll say, I'll go and, you know, play a strong freshman season, make some noise, you know, get a sophomore season in, hopefully no injuries, get this NIL deal, junior season, go to the to, to the draft, you know. Um, and that, that can start to bite us. But, honestly, as long as we got Nick Saban, I'm not worried. Um, you still got talent coming in. Um, a lot of people think, okay, it's going to chase away all the young talent. No, experienced talent knows how to come in and cope with people around them, you know, learn how to be a leader and lead by example. And so we're, I think we're in the best position to be a dominant team again on both sides of the ball. Anytime I go to any spring game, any school spring game, and the defense dominates, it gives me more high hopes for the offense. And I'm not saying guys – JoJo Earl dropped a lot of passes, but guys were just literally locked up in that spring game, guys. And that gives me confidence because I know JoJo Earl is fast. I know Christian Leary is fast. I know um, the guys, Jermaine Burton – and Jacory Books and Jones Bell, all those guys on the outside of fast. I've seen the highlights of Anderson in person. I got to see Isaiah Bonds last weekend on Easter break. He was doing a one-on-one at a destroying event. I've seen that dude in person. That boy is a freaking freaking nature athlete. 
So if, if we can just just trust the process, fans, and stop tripping, stop listening to the to the ones that's whining about a spring game and our O line that wasn't healthy, guys being put in new positions, trying it out against guys who are experienced in that position, who've been doing that for 16, 17 years of their life, or however long that's whatever got them out of them. Offensive linemen have the toughest job when they come to Alabama because you don't you're not coming in as a left guard, left guard. You coming in as an offensive lineman. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, that's where I'm at with it, man. I love what our team is is building right now. Offensive line going to be fine. Um, Steen was a good pickup. Uh, Harold, I don't think he's going to be Jameis Winston, but he does provide a, a threat at speed. Um, and you can't compare what he did at Louisville, just like you couldn't compare what Will Williamson did at Ohio State. Um, and uh, this new tight end guy, I'm excited about it. Don't forget Latou, though. I feel like we got two hard-working tight ends that can catch the ball. They might not be flashy, but they can catch the ball, and I think that's going to help with our run game a lot. We didn't have that last year because Billingsley would not block. Oops, you know, he, he effort, 100% effort, but just not athletically there like I thought he was. Um, very physical. So he needs to be stuck at that fullback role. You know, that should be his. Um, and and, and let, let another tight end come in and get on that, that line and block, man. Um I, I'm just excited to talk, man. I know I'm going rambling, Steven. I'm just happy to be back with the gang, bro. And uh, y'all, I, I, that was it. I appreciate y'all for letting me call, man. Steven, I'm happy to be back, man. Roll Tide. College football is going to be here before we know it, man. April is already gone. Um, and, and before we know it, it's going to be September, August, September time. Second week of September, we're going to be beating up on Texas. And, man, I'm going to be in the, the live game chat watch party, turning up as I always do. But much love, Steven. Much love to everybody in the chat. Hey, let's go, man. Roll Tide, Coach Smoot, I'm out. TDA, I love y'all. Blue Ridge gang, keep turning up. Let me see all them blue wrenches in the chat right now. Get some fire, let's get some likes, let's get some shares on this, and let's keep growing, y'all. Much love, Steven. Roll Tide, I'm out. Appreciate Coach Smook there calling in on a Wednesday to the show, 205-448-1358. Number to call in. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name, and where you calling from? Roll Tide, Steven. What's going on on this beautiful Wednesday? Doing great. William, can't complain. Doing great. Just though, thinking about what happened 11 years ago in Tuscaloosa as I was young, uh, well, younger, getting ready to start college and uh, the, uh, the, the tornado that ripped through. But 11 years later, it doesn't even seem like the city has went through all that pain because of, of, of how it looks now versus what it did then. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I, I can see that it even crosses the goes across the teams. You know, uh, Auburn even came up there and helped helped us out. You know, with the cleanup and stuff up there. So down there, so it's just just wonderful how the state can come together at times like that. Anyway, I won't keep you long. I I want to uh, ask you about this uh, draft that's coming up tomorrow. We got any guys that are that are are going going there that may hurt us uh, in the long run, or what? what's your views on that? On the draft, well, two guys will be in Vegas uh, for Alabama. That would be Evan Neal and Jamison Williams, both of these two first-round picks. Uh, Evan projected to go in the top five. Jamison Williams projected to go in the top 20 uh, despite the uh, ACL injury he suffered in the national championship game. So both of those two are first-rounders. Everybody else will go second round on down. So uh, night one, which is tomorrow, uh, expect two Bama names to be called on night one. 
is that really going to hurt us on, on our positions on the team as it stands up now? Or I don't think. What do you I, think? I don't think it – I mean, I don't think it – I mean, uh, Evan Neal losing him to the draft, I mean, it hurts to lose an offensive lineman of his caliber. Now, I'm not saying that Steen is going to be like Evan Neal, absolutely not, but Steen coming in as a transfer does give you experience from Vanderbilt, so he would play at left tackle. In terms of losing Jamison Williams, Tyler Harrell is a speedster. Is he, is he going to be exactly like J-Mo? More than likely not, but he does give you experience. He does give you a deep – ball threat and what's great about college football William you know as well as I do is seeing how this team gels from the spring to the summer to fall camp so the fun is in the mystery it's going to be fun to watch what does this 2022 version of Bama look like yes sir I'm excited for the road time man absolutely appreciate my man William Absolutely. Got to love William from Iowa calling in. And that's the fun part, seeing what this team in the upcoming fall will look like on the field. But we grabbed this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? What's up, man? You're live on the show, caller. What's going on? Uncle Charles is here. What's going on, man? Man, what's happening, man? What's going on, player? Man, Uncle Charles, I'm doing good, doing even better now that you in here. Man, let me tell you something, man. Let me, let me just say this. It's a blessing to hear your voice, man. And every day we get up, get up, man, it's a, it's a weird for us and it's a blessing. Let me just say this, man. I'm sick of hearing about this transfer portal because this would have never happened back in the 80s. Not why Bear Bryant was coaching. No, no, you talking about some travel. See, Bear Bryant would have never put up with no transfer portal. You know why? Because you was too tired to even go to, to another school after practice. You was too doggone tired. He wore you out. And you know what? A lot of people don't know Bear Bryant like I do because I watched him when I was little. Let me tell you something. Like when we went doing good in a game or something like that and they asked Bear Bryant what's going to be the next play. And then he give them a play, and then they go out there and get a wrong play. And then he said, Coach, what are you going to call this time? And then he pushed his hat up over his head. You ever see Bad Brown put his hat over his over front of his eye? That means don't ask him nothing else. Don't, don't do it no more. Look, as far as anything, man, I believe in this. I believe student athletes should have been getting paid a long time ago. Why are we complaining about it now? They should have been getting paid in the 80s and 90s. But, you know, times change, generations change. And now these young men want something for their work. And they deserve that for their work. Let me explain something to you, and I'm going to say it in closing. I want to say this in all, all fairness. Another squirrel out here don't die on the electrical wire out here, and uh, he don't hit the ground out here. And uh, the white guy that worked for the construction company out there, I just went out there to see how he hit the ground here because he was hanging from the wire. I get out there, he holding the squirrel up by his leg, and the way he was looking at this squirrel, he looked at me. I said, what you going to do next? Put some seasoning sauce on him and eat him? Oh, no, I wasn't going to eat him. I'm glad you cleared that up for me. I'm glad you cleared that up. And that's all I got to say, man. I want to just check in with you, man. I love my Alabama family. And uh, another thing, too, I'm going to say this in one more closing. Let me tell you something, man. I went to the Alabama and Louisiana take when it was out there at Legion Field out there. And some of my white brothers and sisters over there cooking some meat, Italian sausages, and and, you know, they had a few drinks over there. And they said, hey, you guys, come on over. And come on over. And, man, we had a good time. Until one of them had too much to drink and said, yahoo! And I said, it's time to go. I knew it was time to go because he was over there hugging an elephant over there, stuffed elephant. I said, this food is crazy. We should have never came over here and ate. And that's all I got to say, man. I appreciate you. 
Appreciate sure Uncle Charles calling in on a Wednesday, giving us some love, some enjoyment, some humor, and some laughter. John Ivory's going to be busting out laughing up there in that production studio. This is, this, is, this is awesome. This is why we enjoy this show. This is why we enjoy doing this show three days a week. Appreciate sure Uncle Charles there for that call. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Steven, uh, Lewis from Medellin, Colombia, down in South America. How's it going? Doing great in yourself, man. I am doing absolutely fantastic. How about yourself? I cannot complain, man, but uh, what's on your mind this evening? Listen, Stephen, uh, first off, three shout-outs, big-time shout-out. Uh, one is, is it Denison from Ohio? Or, yeah, or is it Iowa? Forgot. Two... Coach Smook from Phoenix City, and the guy from New York. I keep I, I forgot about his name. That's Bill. But I just want to say this to the Bama fans out there. I'm as I said, I'm in Medellin, Colombia, down in South America. I'm not a U.S. born. I just happen to speak the language. I'm 53. The reason why is because I lived in Miami back when I was a little kid, and I learned the language. And I'm a huge Bama fan. And all I got to do is turn on TV and watch football and see with my own eyes which is the better team. And I don't know why people go so crazy about Alabama. And you all people there in the States go crazy because Alabama's not you know, winning championships year, by, year after year after year after year. It's hard. It's, it's very difficult to win. I, some people sometimes, you know, me like more than 3,000 miles away, 3,000 miles away, in a different latitude all across the world, Alabama has a better team like almost every single year. Almost every Just like the big-time sports down here is soccer with us over here. And you know when you have the better team. It's, 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 it's difficult to have to not understand when you have the better team. Things happen, just like with Georgia. You know, we, we lost Mechie. And then the Ohio transfer, sadly. You know, injury, and that was devastating. But just with one of them two guys playing on the field, it was going to be difficult for Georgia to win. But, you know, kudos to Georgia. It is what it is. But, you know, it is. It, I just want to, to say to all the Alabama fans over there in the state, from a person all the way down here, it's a heck of a team, a whole bunch of huge and you know, outstanding players. It is difficult to win. Year after year, it, it is people lose sight. It is difficult to win. It's hard, you know. So um, I just want to say we have a, a a great, and I say we because I'm a huge Bama fan since I was in freaking elementary school back in Miami, back in the uh, late '70s, and huge quarterback. That kid, Bryce Young, he's a heck of a quarterback. Great online, uh, great wide receivers. We have a heck of a team. You know, and we always, you know, we're always there, present, you know, put on the fight. And it's difficult. I see people say, well, who's going to replace Saban? Who's going to do this? Who's going to say, well, I was like, I was tell my mother, like, wait a minute. What, what, what are these people talking about? It is, it, it's not just like, like, you know, just like talking, we're going to bring this guy in. We're going to, no, it's, it's hard. So I, I beg people out there. It just, it's hard to lose. I get it. Not, it's not easy to digest when you don't win the championship. I was absolutely devastated when we lost to Georgia. I was. I was excited 
when I told my wife when I was watching the game over here against Georgia with the SEC, the SEC championship, I told my wife, oh, let me see what they got. And once I saw them 41 points, I was like, well, not as good as I thought. Sadly, without Mechie, the Ohio transfer, I was like, well, this is not, it is not the same ball game. Sadly, it is. And people understand that. So I just want to say that it's a heck of a team. I am absolutely confident this year, as I've always been. But we have a heck of a team, man. I just wish, I wish people could criticize less and just cherish more what we have with Saban and them guys playing hard. It, it, because one, I tell you, for all the people out there listening right now, including you, Stephen, and all the producer and everyone, once Saban is gone, and I, t- I tell you this, once he's gone, it's going to be a whole different ball game. It's going to be really absolutely different. It's going to be night and day. From a person three more than 3,000 miles away, and because I know this from my local sports, when you have the big dog calling the shots and one of them big, big dog is gone, I tell you, it's a different ball game. But let's just share what we have, and let's just push the wagon, as we say down here, you know, all together. I know it's it's sad when, when you get pissed off because supposedly you're you're supposed to win by 20, 30, 40, 50. Not really. It is difficult. Anyway, so I keep watching your show, Stephen. Heck of a job. Uh, you guys do a great show. I try to watch it every time. And uh, again, shout out to my man, to, to uh, Denison in, in Ohio, Iowa. I can't I can't recall the guy from New York. Also. And Coach Smook, them three guys, outstanding, just like the rest of your uh, of, of the people that call in this show. Absolutely. Appreciate it. We're getting love, John, all the way in South America. This, this is fantastic. And I, I agree with the points that he made. You, you got to cherish and appreciate what Coach Saban has done uh, where this program is concerned. But for a lot of Bama fans, it's you want to have it all. It's do you want the high-flying offense or do you want the soul-crushing defense? And a lot of fans say, well, can we have both? Can we not have both? Is it wrong to have both? Is it wrong to desire both? Is it wrong to demand both? And both can happen. Both absolutely can happen. And uh, the offensive line, people have been up in arms about that since spring. Uh, you didn't have uh, several guys. Help, you, you, you were Several guys were banged up in spring practice. Those guys will be back. Summer workouts, preseason camp, they will be ready to go by the upcoming season. Everybody stays healthy and on their P's and Q's. This is a championship team. But we got to shout out my man Jovi Hendricks twice here. We got Jovi Hendricks first. Let's see what Jovi has as going here. Hendricks first date, $25 donation. And then right after the $25 donation, he had another one here. Well, I guess it was always oh, on the 25. It was on the 25. So I thought it was two that from Joe was actually. Well, it was two. It was 25 and 25 again. So appreciate Jovi Hendricks for that $50 donation. 25 and 25 again. 205 448 1358. I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard. 205 448 13. 58. We got a quick topic here, and this goes to Mark Ingram. And uh, Twitter Spaces is something new to social media. 
I guess it's kind of like a podcast, like audio show type of thing, but it was Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Mark Ingram, three Crimson Tide legends, three Crimson Tide alums uh, that were on Twitter spaces last night uh, discussing the NFL draft and just their greatest moments from uh, being with the Crimson Tide and under Coach Saban. And what was cool about Mark Ingram was he shared his best Nick Saban story where, you know, Saban goes to his his home and recruits him back in 2007 up to 2008, and he sits down on the couch with mom and and grandpa and the rest of the family, and he basically tells Mark Ingram, hey, you can come to Alabama and be the greatest player ever, and if you don't become a great player, it's your own fault. (laughs) That's basically what he tells Mark Ingram, basically giving him a chance to control his narrative as a marquee guy. Didn't make any promises, didn't promise Ingram anything. Just said, hey, if you come in here, you compete, you work your butt off, you got a chance to be a really great player. But he also said, you know, if you come, your freshman year, we'll be a good team, we'll be a pretty good team. But by your sophomore year, we should win a national championship. And lo and behold, was Nick Saban a prophet or what? I mean, Mark Ingram's first year, Bama went, what, 12-2? They went 12-0 in the regular season. Lost to George, lost to Florida in a really good SEC championship game. And then, unfortunately, lost to Utah in the 9 Sugar Bowl. But, tw- but 2009? Alabama, perfect, undefeated regular season. Wins the SEC title game against Georgia, causing the te- against Florida, causing the tears of Tim Tebow. And then beating Texas in the national championship game to win. The first title of the Nick Saban era, Mark Ingram winning the first Heisman Trophy in program history, and they got that championship, so Saban caught that on the head. But what was even better about what Ingram said was at the end of the conversation, a question was thrown to him about, you know, Mark, you look at Georgia, right? And, you know, Georgia's doing it right now. They just won an national championship, beat Nick Saban. You know, Georgia's putting, Georgia put more players in the NFL combine. You know, Georgia's going to have more players drafted than Alabama. You know, Kirby Smart's going to really sustain this thing. Like, how do you feel about Georgia really catching up to Alabama and maybe even, you know, surpassing Alabama to some extent? And so Mark Ingram goes, you know what, man? Check this out. When they can win this a decade plus, you know, several years, doing this thing consistently, then you can come talk to me. When they win 18 national championships, then you can come talk to me. When they win six of the last 12 national titles, then you can come come talk to me. And the only reason why they won the title they just won was their coach came from Bama, so they need to be thanking Bama. We're going to get back there next season. We're going to be right back there. I can't speak for them, but we're going to be right back there. And that's why fans love uh, that's why fans love uh, Mark Ingram. He is the ambassador to the T of Crimson Tide football. Wherever Mark is, he's representing Bama to the thick of it. And that's why US fans cherish that man throughout all of what he does, whether it was planned in Alabama, whether it's his long career in the NFL, going on 12 seasons now in the upcoming fall, and he's now a owner of DC United, the soccer team down there. So, 
the Mark Ingram doing his thing. But for, we're going to go to a break right now. Callers hold through for the next 10 minutes. Our call back for the next 10 minutes. When we get back from the break, we get into the Alabama secondary breaking this thing down. Is Eli Ricks all we believe he is? Can Malachi Moore be that impactful player that he was from his freshman season? We talk to the Alabama secondary after this. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth-quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, welcome in. Welcome in. Back from the break on a Wednesday hump day, number one form. For your Crimson Tide football news, in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, the eve of the 2022 NFL Draft, which takes place on tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central Time from Las Vegas. But right now, we look into the Alabama secondary and a group that you want to see be dominant, play the ball, create turnovers, bat passes down. Just make receivers' lives a living nightmare out there on the field. And when you look at the secondary, you know, quite a, a couple of guys came back that could have went pro. Jordan Battle could have went pro, decided to come back. Why unfinished business? DeMarco Helms could have went pro, decided to come back. Why unfinished business? You got a veteran secondary, and then you add Eli Ricks to the conversation, the transfer from LSU who played in 16 games in two seasons, 2020 and 2021. But the question is, the question is, can this Alabama secondary, can this veteran group shut opposing wide receivers down? This is the question that you as Alabama fans are asking. And it has the potential to do this, especially with Chavaris Robinson as the new cornerbacks coach coming over from Miami. He really looked good coaching these guys in the spring. Uh, you can tell Coach Saban really trusts him as Saban kind of took a step back and let Robinson really be hands-on and coaching the corners. Uh, Charles Kelly coaching the safeties once again this year. Nick Saban still in the area, being hands-on involved with the DBs. But you're seeing a bit more this year of him pulling a little bit back off and allowing these assistant coaches to you know, coach these young men on the field. But the big question starts off here 
with the secondary is Eli Ricks. And uh, a lot has been made of him, and for obvious reasons. I mean, coming from LSU, his career in two seasons, 16 games, despite a shoulder injury limiting him to six games a season ago, uh, Ricks, 31 tackles, six pass breakups, five interceptions. Four of those picks came in his freshman year. He was a freshman All-SEC performer. I believe a freshman All-American as well, at that, if my memory if that serves correctly. If that, that serves correctly. The point being, Riggs did big work as a freshman and in two seasons with LSU. And at 6'2", you know, 190 pounds from California, the former five-star in the 2020 class. You know, he brings a lot to the table. He brings size, he brings quickness, he brings athleticism, he brings versatility, he brings ball skills, he brings coverage skills, he's a secure tackler, he's a ball hawk. He can do quite the amount of things. Very technical, very technique sound, savvy dude. And even in the spring game, uh, playing on the second team defense, Team Crimson, uh, Ricks did have five tackles, kept plays in front of him, did not give up a whole bunch of plays, locked down on his area. And... What's interesting is he posted some words, some big positive words of affirmation on his bathroom mirror. And a few of those things just will happen to be, you know, getting five plus interceptions this season, getting 20 plus pass breakups, being the Jim Thorpe Award winner, which that award goes to the nation's top defensive back in college football, being a first team All-American being a you know, national champion, being a first-round draft pick, top-ten draft pick. All of these things Ricks put on his mirror. He put, remind guys who you are, remind guys that you are that dude. He put all of this on his mirror. And this is big. And this is huge. This is good. And you want this because you want a guy having that type of mentality as a defense back. The question is, can he bring Will he bring those same attributes from LSU to Alabama? Can he be that corner that takes away a whole side of the field? Can he be that corner that plays like a Drake Kirkpatrick, a D. Milner, a Marlon Humphrey, a Cyrus Jones, a Levi Wallace, an Anthony Afford, a Patrick Sertan? Can he play like that? That's the big thing. Because if he can play like that, then... That's going to make the safety's job easier. Whoever plays star, their job easier. Whoever's the opposite corner of Ricks, their job easier. It's going to make so much easier if Ricks can take what he did in two seasons at LSU and apply it from start to finish at Alabama. He, He picked up the system. He picked up things throughout spring ball. But if he can take what he did for the Bayou Bengals and play that over here, in Tuscaloosa, it's a big deal because the opposite corner spot, you've got a battle here between Kool-Aid McKinstry and Kyrie Jackson. Who wins that role? Who takes it between Kool-Aid and Kyrie? Both had improvement, big improvement in spring ball. Kyrie had two pass breakups in the A-Day game. He did some big stuff. Kool-Aid McKinstry had a pass pass breakup, kept plays in front of them. Kool-Aid all offseason has been working with uh, Justin Woodall, former Alabama safety, on the fine details of how to be 
a defensive back. Kyrie Jackson, I don't know if he's been training with you know somebody in the offseason, but he really looked good in spring. And both guys had strong seasons last year. They, they did good. Kool-Aid, first team all SEC. Kyrie Jackson did some good things coming over from JUCO. But if Eli Rex is all that we think he's going to be, then who takes that second job? Does Kool-Aid take it? Does Kyrie take it? And that's, that's a question for U.S. fans. And for me, I know I've put my money, my chips there on McKinstry just due to the five-star talent coming out of high school. But, you no, know, Kyrie showed me a little bit some of that A-Day game. He showed me a little bit. The, the range, the balance, the control, staying in front of the receiver, breaking up the ball. You, you got three guys who, who, can all be, who, who can all be starters. Rick's starter material, Kool-Aid starter material, Kyrie starter material. All these guys can be starters. That's a good thing. The competition has matured all three guys and is maturing all three guys. So that's going to be fun there. Between Kool-Aid and Kyrie, who snatches that other corner spot here and making this secondary really, really, really good. And then uh, Malachi Moore. We all saw what he was as a freshman six pass breakups three interceptions four uh four tackles for loss 44 total tackles freshman all sec freshman all american second team all sec i mean the guy was just a baller his entire freshman year played a huge role in alabama going undefeated perfect national championship season in 2020 but last season you didn't see much of malachi on the field i mean yeah you saw him on special teams and that was cool but when you're used to seeing somebody as a starter in that defensive secondary and then the next year they're not you wonder okay what happened what went wrong what transpired miss seeing that guy on the field now, part of the reason was Brian Branch was just that good, and he was. 55 tackles, five of those for loss, a team-high nine pass breakups. Brian Branch wasn't playing around. Brian Branch was taking everybody's cookies, and he was doing that. And you can expect even more big things from him this season. But when you look at Malachi, can he get back to that highly impactful, productive player he was from his freshman campaign. He had a good spring. He's back 100% healthy. Malachi in the A-Day game, despite him slipping and falling on that 52-yard touchdown pass from Jalen Milrow to Christian Leary, uh, Moore did have seven tackles and one pass breakup. So he had a good spring. But can he get back to what he was his freshman year? Because if he can, he unlocks a lot of that secondary due to how cerebral he is, his intelligence, his IQ, his feel for the game, having him back full throttle really unlocks all areas of the defensive secondary. I think this group can really be a good group, but it comes down to is Ricks all we think he is, um, uh, Kyrie and Kool-Aid, who takes that second corner spot, and can we see a Malachi Moore from his freshman year resurface this time around? We get all of those three things in the pot here. This is going to be a dangerous secondary to mess with. But we take a break, folks. Don't touch that dial because when we get back, we return to the phone lines, grabbing your calls, your thoughts, your interactions, your chats, your questions. Bring them in. Bring them in right after this. 
Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, folks, we're back in here popping the clutch from the break here on a Wednesday hump day number one form for Bama. Football news in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Whatever you do, hit subscribe right now. Hit that subscribe button. Make this your show right here. Also, hit that thumbs up. Give us a like right here. Smash the like button. Get those likes up, baby. Make this your platform, your space, your opportunity to talk Crimson Tide football right here with us. We go to the phone lines right now to grab your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in, 205-448-1358. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Smith, it's Justin Riley. Happy Wednesday, my friend. What's going on, Justin? Hey, brother, got a couple, got a couple things going on. First and foremost, uh, last night, if many of y'all missed it, former two-time All-American safety Kevin Jackson was inducted into the Mississippi Junior College Sports Hall of Fame. Had an opportunity to, to see that happen. Really happy for him. But the NFL draft is upon us. I can't be more excited than I am right now. And I, I know a lot of focus is being put on Evan Neal and Jamison Williams, rightfully so. But, Stephen, i got to go ahead and tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if we have two more guys jump into the first round, that being Christian Harris and Fedarian Mathis. And speaking of big Phil, I'm pleading with my Baltimore Ravens right now, don't mess this up. Don't, don't mess it up. Please get this man. We need him up front. We need him to wreck things. He's the man for the job. And, and Stephen, I need you to tell Bill Belichick to quit keeping us in mystery. We already know the pick has been made. He's going to get Slade Bolden. It's no mystery at all. And finally, I think that Christopher Allen is going to be the steal of the draft. Not many people are talking about him because of the injuries, but I think he's going to be a guy that once he's fully healthy, he's going to be a, a pro bowler for quite some time. I agree with you, Justin, on Chris Allen. I think he is the steal. 
I, when, when you go back and you watch the 2020 season, 13 tackles for loss, six sacks. I mean, he was a menace out there prior to getting hurt uh, to start the 2021 campaign against Miami. Uh, Big Phil and uh, Christian Harris, I would like to see them go in the first round, but I got both of those two at the top of the second round. I actually think the Ravens do get Big Phil. They need help on that defensive line. John Harbaugh knows it. That team knows it. Christian Harris, out because of the fact that the Patriots no longer uh, – Dante Hightower, free agent still. Kyle Van Noy, I think, is gone. I don't know if Kyle Van Noy is still in New England. If he is not, I would not mind seeing New England take Christian Harris or the Pittsburgh Steelers take Christian Harris. I mean, he fits kind of both of those two. I mean, if, 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 the, if the Chicago Bears take Christian Harris, good night. But, I mean, there's a few teams out there that can really use Christian services. Oh, wait, one more team, the Atlanta Falcons. If the Dirty Birds can mm-hmm. grab Christian Harris, that'll be good also. But there's going to be a lot of names being called here in this draft. Looking forward to seeing all of these guys come off the board because it's a dream come true for them. They've worked their butts off their entire life for this moment and for their families to enjoy this moment with them. So couldn't be more happier for these young men. Yeah, same here. And I like your idea of Christian Harris going to New England. Man, that'd be a full Alabama linebacker room. I couldn't be more devastating uh, for the, the offenses coming next season if that were to go down. So, yeah, I'd love to see that. Going to be interesting, man. Going to be interesting to see how this draft shakes out. Appreciate my man Justin Riley calling in from Mississippi, giving us some love here on the show. And kudos to Mr. Kevin Jackson for getting inducted into the Mississippi Junior College Sports Hall of Fame. There, Kevin Jackson actually played at Alabama. So that's really cool right there. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are you feeling? State your name and where you calling from? Steve, what up with you, man? This is Jay from Sheffield. Jay, what's popping off, brother? Ready to cap. As usual, ready to cap, my boy. <laughs> what you got for me, Jay? Uh, coordinator creativity. That's it, man. Coordinator creativity. I ain't got to say too much about it. That's it, man. Just, just a little creativity, man. Every once in a while. We, should, we might see three corners out there, right? <laughs> All three of them supposedly starters, right? Right. Okay. We we should like, we should see all three of them, and, and then you say we got a three-headed defensive uh de- defensive line too, right? We should see all that, right? Right, we should. Okay, now you got a, a a basketball team and receivers, and you got all kinds of mismatches at uh at running back and tight end, right? Right. A little creativity, right? Now, now that's just Good running hurt. back and tight end, and that ain't even that ain't even talking about receiver. You know, you got your six two, then you got your little bitty dude. You know what I mean? You what you want? But I don't, I don't know, Steve. Just a little creativity from from a, a subpar play callers, and maybe we could do it this year. But roll tide, I love y'all, man. Appreciate Jay calling. In. You know, you know, I'm, I'm I'm gonna get that down to the coaching staff. All Jay from Sheffield wants is a little creativity. Little creativity from Bill O'Brien. Little creativity from Pete Cole. That's all Jay wants. You get Jay a little creativity, he is good to go. I'm going to get that down on a, on a pen and some piece of, in a piece of paper. We'll take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. My, no, I'm just... 
Well, well uh, Coach Smoke was just calling in the listen there, unfortunately. He I mean, was calling in the listen there. But we actually got this really cool voicemail. So, John, let, let, let's see what this voicemail is popping like right here. Oh, Stephen, this is Terry from uh, uh, Texas. Had a comment with all the new talent that uh, Alabama has at wide receiver. Don't you think that uh, the current guys who are on the roster are going to be a little depressed coming to Alabama knowing that uh, Saban is going to be using the transfer portal? And it just also just means basically that some people just ain't going to play. They thought they'd work their way up through the uh, depth chart, and they find out now, you know, with Harold and Burden coming in, that uh, they're going to be uh, pushed back again. So I'm not sure that's an overall positive for the program. Look forward to your thoughts. So good question there on the receivers. Do I think that the guys coming in from the transfer portal would make the other guys, recruits on campus, you know, depressed that they're not – being able to get out there and play quicker. I don't think it brings depression. I just think it heightens that level of competition. I I feel like this. If Coach Saban felt like the guys already on the roster were all that Bama needed, he doesn't go to the portal. You only go to the portal if you feel like what you already have is not getting it done. Not saying that they're not good enough. No, of course not. You don't want to, you know, dampen the spirit like that. But you go on the portal if you feel like the guys already on your roster are simply not getting it done. I mean, for example, Alabama doesn't go and get a Jamison Williams. If Coach Saban felt like a J.I. Hall, Sean Holden, you know, and those guys were going to be able to get it done. He doesn't go to the portal and get Jamison Williams. He goes to the portal and get Jamison Williams because he felt like, okay, I got guys, but they're not hitting what I need them to hit at. They're not getting it done. So I got to go get Jamison Williams. I mean, he goes out and gets a Tyler Harrell because he feels like, okay, you know, JoJo Earl's growing. Christian Leary's growing. We got some guys that are growing, but, you know, I need guys that I know experience and is going to get that thing done. That's why he goes out there and he gets Jermaine Burton from Georgia. That's why Saban goes out there and he gets Tyler Harrell from Louisville because he looks at his roster of receivers that are already there that he recruited. Talented? Yes. Gifted? Yes. Tools? Oh yeah. But he's like, but can they really get this thing done? And Saban probably felt like, you know, they're made, they're just a little bit away from what I want them to do. And that's why he goes out in the portal and he gets the guys that he gets there. But awesome voicemail right there. We're going to go to a quick topic right here. And this one goes to the NFL draft. And uh, I'm excited for tomorrow, people in Vegas. I mean, uh, woo! One of these days, John, we're going to cover the draft. One of these days, John, we're going to do in my own words from the draft. We're we going to do this. But I'm excited about the draft. Bama's going to have two guys in that first round. Other guys will go second round on down, day two to, to day three. But it's going to be exciting to see who picks up Jamison Williams, who picks up Brian Robinson, where does John Mechie go, who gets Chris Allen, Fedarian Mathis, 
to slay, bold, and get drafted. I mean, it's going to be some interesting questions across the board, and I'm ready for all of them. Also, who picks up Jangan Armour Davis and Josh Job? I feel like we haven't talked much about those two, and they're in the draft. I mean, they're in the draft. I mean, Armour Davis was a bit more consistent than Job last season, but both of those guys are in the draft. It's going to be good to see. Thursday to Saturday. You know, how many Bama players hear their names called and will change the lives of themselves and their family members forever? And then of whom does not get called? You know, how many of those guys quickly get those undrafted free agent deals and go off to a, 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 a mini rookie mini camp and, and have success there? So draft starts tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central Time on the ESPN family of networks, also NFL networks. going to be awesome to see that. We take our final break here on the show. Don't touch that down because when we get back, we wrap things up with discussing Bama tight ends. You know, people did not give Cameron two his just due a season ago. Why you should not sleep on that young man in the upcoming season. We'll talk on the two after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, we're back in from the break. Really enjoyed you guys hanging out with the hottest show on the streets, number one form for Bama. Football news, in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith. Touchdown, Alabama Magazine on a Wednesday hump day. And appreciate all the calls, texts, uh, chats, donations, making this your show, your platform, channel, and space to talk BAM. And before we get into final topic of conversation here, got to remind you of TDAware.com. That's TDAware.com. So to get all of your swag, sauce, drip, culture, clothing, needs, check us out right now, TDAware.com. Do your shopping right there. Get yourself set up for summer workouts, for preseason camp, and the upcoming season in the fall by getting your gear to represent your Crimson Tide, TDAware.com. That's TDAware.com. Link in the description. Continue to show that support for Coach Saban, the student-athletes, uh, the university, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But the tight end position is one where uh, Coach Saban has discussed that Alabama could use more depth, 
uh, could use more production, can use more people at. Does Alabama pursue the transfer portal for a tight end? Hey, we shall see. But right now, I kind of want to use this conversation to pay some respect here to Cameron too, because I feel like he is a veteran player that's being overlooked in terms of conversations from the fans. And uh, a lot of people, when they think of Latou, they go, he dropped passes. You know, he, he ain't good enough. You know, he dropped touchdowns. He dropped balls. Like, you know, you know can we get another tight end? Latou ain't doing it. And what people don't realize, Cameron Latou called eight touchdown passes a season ago, which set the single-season school record for touchdown receptions by a tight end. Latou actually did work. Latou actually did a pretty, pretty sound, solid, good job. Now, if he would have caught a few more passes with those touchdown numbers being double digits, sure. But for what he did, he did a solid job. And this is a, from a young man that transitioned from outside linebacker to tight end. He changed positions, people. He had to change positions. He had to change his body. He had to learn a whole new spot. And he did it. And he did pretty darn well at doing it. I mean, the, the dude had a good year this past season. And I felt like we were so focused on Jaleel Billingsley. Jaleel's a freak. Jaleel's an animal. Jaleel's a monster. That guy's going to be big time, big time, big time. Really good. And when Jaleel did not pan out, and now he's at Texas, we did not truly reward Cameron Latou, the flowers that he should have gotten. And uh, you don't sleep on this young man in the upcoming season because I think he's going to be even better. He's going to be a better blocker, better pass catcher, better route runner because he knows I put together a huge season. I can put myself in that first round trajectory for the 2023 NFL draft. I feel like there's going to be more of a connection, more of a chemistry between more of a chemistry between he and Bryce Young. It's, it's a lot of good to look at here when you look at Cam Latu. I know Bama's got to develop Robbie Oots a little bit more tight end. Uh, you got an Amari in the black and a Danny Lewis Jr. that'll be here in the summer. Uh, got to develop those two. Uh, Elijah Brown here also. Got to develop him. Uh, wow, it'll be interesting to see. If Bama pursues a tight end in the portal, uh, but Cam Latu is somebody that is a veteran guy that needs more talk, that needs more publicity, that needs more people having to dialogue about him because he did have a good year. He did have a strong year. He did have single season school record for touchdown receptions by a tight end. So put some respect on Cam Latu. I mean, probably didn't work so expect for him to do even more in the upcoming season as he looks to become the newest or the latest potential you know first round pick here for 2023 for your crimson tide but as always bama fans you want the best in news notes information and coverage here on your favorite program that being bama you can get this by accessing the touchdown alabama magazine app you download the app from the iphone app store if you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store, if you have the Android phone. 
for your audio listening needs. Check us out here, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. Guys, shout out my man Tobias Brookins from Fresno, West Coast, with that $20 donation. The Super Chats, the daily Super Chat going up $75, has been met. Appreciate you, the incredible fans of the family. That is Crimson Tide Football. The good and gracious Lord sees fit. I'll be back on Friday continuing the conversation. That is Bama. Remember, Tide fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Have those, yep, sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. If you're trying to get the fresh edition, print edition of TDA, the magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member or a subscriber today. That link found in the description also. If you're trying to get your hands on the four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of our guys that we own, thefourthquarter.com. That's we own thefourthquarter.com. Dot com. That link in the description as well. Appreciate all of you, the Bama fans, for all the likes, all the subscribing, all the donations, all the calls, all the conversation. You make this show what it is. We appreciate and we value all of you guys. Also, got to shout out my man John Ivory in the production studio doing his thing from behind the scenes. After the show, we got brand new video. My thoughts, final thoughts to you, our members, our esteemed members. Check out the video coming shortly here after this live is done. But until next time, folks, husbands, love your wives. Wives appreciate, value those husbands, children. You guys continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored. You grab yourself those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Enjoy the NFL draft starting tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central Time. Until Friday, folks, I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith, and you've been listening to In My Own Words.